We're just gonna fucking do it. We're just gonna fuck. <laughs> Talk about fucking. We can't start two episodes in a row with us talking. <laughs> Wait, we did it last time too. Yeah. I don't care. This is this is Watchmen, baby. This is this is all about fucking. <laughs> What's up? All right. What's up? Welcome to Fail Sun Film School. What? What? Episode seven. Burr, 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 burr. Episode three you, of Watchmen. Eli, edit in the the horns. Right. Yeah, I'm not going. He's to, not gonna. Yeah, we can't afford it. <laughs> we don't have our Patreon yet. That's where all the that's where all Patreon money goes to. If anyone, if you if you listen to a podcast, they just have a Patreon and they're doing that burr, 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 like at the beginning or whatever. They're like definitely funded by the Koch brothers, right? Yeah. Or the Koch brother because one of them died. Yeah, or George Soros. George Soros. Now George Soros is the good billionaire, right? Is he? Uh. Oh, well, I guess... Everyone just thinks he's funding everybody. Oh. Did he fund Epstein? (laughs) Probably. He probably met Epstein. He probably didn't. Did you watch The Daily Show where they asked her about Epstein and she just, like, laughed about it? I don't don't watch The Daily Show anymore. Yeah, me neither. But, I mean, like, did you see that? that She, like, made a joke about Jeffrey Epstein. Who did? Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary Clinton did? Yeah, they were, like... The guy was, like, did you murder um jeffrey epstein like why did you murder him and she just like like laughed it off and it's like oh what like you guys murdered jeffrey epstein like we know like we're like you you sick son of a bitch i I think Lori blake (laughs) would appreciate hillary clinton's sensibility well i mean this is related because like this is a joke a political corruption and how like it's just staring us right in the face and all we can do is just kind of like laugh about it so that's uh that's the theme of this episode so Lori blake's the comedian basically yeah kind of it's cool it's it's okay. She's not that funny. She's really good. She was really like she was actually really really good. This episode was really good. Um, do you want to? Yeah, we're talking do about, about it. it. What do you want to um, do about it? Oh, we're talking about Watchmen. In case you haven't figured it out. Yeah, this is episode three. We haven't been saying the names of the episodes at all because they're all really like long and hard to remember. And but this one is pretty easy. It's uh, she was killed by space junk. Oh right, right, right. which is a Devo lyric. Oh. which is why she plays Devo. When oh, she gets I didn't home. get it. Yeah. I thought she just likes the 80s because that's where she's from. No, I didn't catch that because I don't. I wouldn't know that. But my dad caught it. Oh, your dad was like, fuck yeah, Devo. Yeah. Dad's a big Devo head? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, okay. But he knows all the music things. I don't know so anything he, about Devo. I know Whip It. That's it. So what what, what happened this episode? Anything? Uh, this episode, Lori tells a joke. It's very long. Yeah, it takes about the whole episode to tell. Would have got, just get to it already. But it has a pretty good punchline. It's pretty funny. So we basically meet... Lori Blake, a.k.a. Silk Spectre 2, a.k.a. Lori Jusbizzicky. Uh, a.k.a. maybe Lori Dryberg? Well... Maybe, I don't know. At the end of the comic, they took, like, completely new names that weren't their names Right, at all. which... I, I guess, like, st- shit happened. They're just implying, yeah. like, shit happened. Shit... There's like, a, there's, like, a 30-year period we don't know about, which is, like, fine with me. Right. Anything could have happened. But mm. in this episode, it sounds like Dan Dryberg is in jail. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. get to. A little cheeky that she has an owl. That in she a cage. Like, yeah, that she feeds. Um, that's nice. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it sounds like, sounds like Mr. Night Owl's in jail. Probably for being a superhero. Probably. That's what I'm guessing at. So ironic that Lori's job is, like, she's an FBI agent that, like, takes out superheroes, vigilantes. Yeah. Which I think is still on brand for her because in the comic she's very like 
I don't want to do this. You guys are all fucking weirdos. Like, <laughs> I, she's basically forced in by, like, her mom, Sally, to, like, continue to be the Silk Spectre. And she's like, I don't like this. This is stupid. You got This is all dumb. And, like, I don't think this is good. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense for her character. And it makes a lot of sense since the comedian was one of the last masked heroes working. Yeah. Uh, and he was working for the government. That she'd be pretty working shady shit. for the government doing shady shit. So it all, it all lines up. It, it's it's good choices made mm-hmm. for, the, for the character. They did fake me out at the beginning where she does, like, the bank rob stuff. Yeah. Where I, because, like, I knew going into it that, like, Jean Smart's playing Lori Blake. So, like, I'm seeing her. She's in, like, the booth at the beginning. So I'm like, what's going on here? Like, why is she? I thought she was, like, part of the FBI. And then they do, like, the whole thing where it's just a, a big sting operation. And it's pretty cool. She's got, like, I feel like they tried to make up for because in the comic she's kind of like not written the strongest i would think as like a female character as at least to like what we want out of like stronger female characters now but i don't think she was like as degraded as much as maybe like other characters at the time were in the 80s i think she's like reading reading it back like it is pretty like tame and she's treated like a regular normal person i think and again, she's like kind of the moral center of Watchmen because she is the only one who's saying like, all of you guys are complete sociopaths. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to uh, there's now an official Watchmen podcast. Don't worry, it's not in competition with us because they are only going to do it after every three episodes. Oh, lame. <laughs> um, but this one that came out after the third episode was Damon Lindelof, who makes the show, and Craig Mags- Mazin who made Chernobyl on HBO and wrote some of the hangover movies and, uh, weird. But, but he's hosting it. And Damon Lindelof was like the guest of the episode. Okay. And he was talking about how he wanted to kind of give Lori her due in this new show because he, he also recognized like it, it, he, you know, he loves the original comic, which is why he wanted to do this in the first place. But, right. uh, he acknowledges that like one of the weaker points of the original is, is Lori is not as fleshed out as the other characters. She's definitely underwritten. Yeah. She's definitely underwritten. So it's really nice to see her finally get more of a story here. Mm-hmm. She's, it looks like she's going to be almost the co-lead with Regina King. And honestly, I think that a lot of like a lot of what Lori would be 30 years later, I think is kind of gets nailed here because you have to like you, I think you need a, a context of what, happens at the end of Watchmen like like all of them find out that like Adrian already like pushed the button and that there's nothing that they can do to stop from like a million millions of people like literally dying which she I mean she explains it in her joke in case like people again haven't read the comics and don't know what's going on for it but at the at the end there both her and Night Owl just like can't comprehend really what to do next or what to even do about the situation so they just have sex because <laughs> they don't understand like they can't emotionally process what is going on and i feel like she still is not emotionally processed about what she knows the truth about i don't know if it's something that i mean we haven't been revealed yet and there might be people who know that the squids are like a of a conspiracy i don't know maybe maybe they're not and she's like the only one of the only people on the planet who knows this information and that's a big burden for someone to live with right yeah she says to the guy like i'm not a fan of adrian Vite either like, yeah, yeah she's yeah. holding on to it for sure oh yeah i i really like what they're doing with her she's kind of like 
she's kind of like a, a shitty James Bond, but like in a great way. Like she sleeps with the FBI agent who's who's following her around. Oh, can we talk about this? So she carries a yeah. a giant blue dick, like a blue dildo for Doctor Manhattan. She also has a a smut comic, which is a great callback because in in the original Watchmen, she she like yells at her mom for keeping around a, a Vietnamese smut comic. Um, so she has literally one in her briefcase that she like jerks off to. However, I've seen the debate and the discourse online about how blasphemous this show is to Dr. Manhattan schlong because, you know, Dr. Manhattan didn't have a big penis. It was sort of just like an uh, relatively small to an average size penis. Yeah, but that's just when we're seeing it. If he's Dr. Manhattan, his penis can be as big as right. he wants it to be when he wants it to I be. I agree with you there that he could be just a grower not a shower and that he's, that's absolutely but, true but 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 like it, it's kind of it's kind of noble because he's he cho- he could be whatever he wants to look like and he chose yeah i'll have small dick you know like it's it's really he's a mensch for that he's an uber mensch he's for that. so he's so much he's more alpha than i would us. like if i had that power do you know like my dick would be on the floor it would be a third leg it would be cumbersome but i feel like but then at the same time i mean like i might recognize that fact and you know pull it up a little bit <laughs> you said we couldn't talk about fucking <laughs> yeah it's it, it was a really good I, I love all the dick jokes um there are there are really good dick jokes in the leftovers too oh okay yeah it, damon lindelof really likes dick he jokes. just he just was he wants to write these heavy shows but just is like all right but because you need a, a break dick joke yeah in. if you're gonna have this heavy material you need a break which is interesting because that's also how he described the adrian veidt stuff uh, right. Before we get to that, I also want to mention one more thing about Lori, uh, is that she consistently shoots first and asks questions later, both when she shoots the... Oh, his name is Reven... Oh, no, it's not Revenger. That's... it's No, it is it's Revenger. Sh- no, it's Mr. Shadow. Oh. It's Mr. Shadow is the guy she gets at the beginning. Anyway... It, Why is he... What do you say about Revenger? I'm just going to cut this, but it's... Maybe I won't... It, the guy, she's talking to Joe Keen about it, and he says, congrats on getting the Revenger, and she says, it's Revenger, not the Revenger, and also, he was last week, this was oh. Mr. Shadow, oh. and I only know this because I rewatched it, like, not long before we I recorded. I totally thought it was still Revenger. I watch all of these episodes twice, once oh, okay. on Sunday and once on Monday, because it's like, there's so, there's so much in them. There there's is so a much lot. Detail. It is dense, and I don't do as much homework as you, because I'm not in school, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she so she shoots him first, not knowing for sure that his armor would save his life don't matter (laughs) and then she shot the suicide vest slash kidnapper dead in the head uh dead in the head because she just assumed yeah the heart thing's probably not connected (laughs) like she she's really kind of a, a risk taker yeah so we'll see if that gets her in trouble again definitely she has pent up like existential dread from what she's experienced and she's just like very very sad and i'm real into that that she's like she constantly calls john on the phone and tells tells some really lame jokes <laughs> yeah i love those phone booths i i noticed something really interesting it's kind of like uh if, if you clean out your ears for a minute while you're watching you'll miss it but when she's on the plane they pass the millennium clock mm-hmm. and the guy she's with uh Petey, S- says something about lady true yeah. Who spoke at the opening ceremony and how she bought Adrian Veidt's company. Right, right. And 
she is the one who owns those phone booths because in the phone booth you see the word true on the screen right not true like t-r-u-e it's, it's T-R-I-E-U her last name because yeah. it's a last name you see that on the screen so those are her booths as well and i would put money on her being the lady that that girl who was buying all those newspapers oh for. no totally that makes sense to me yeah i but totally it's, it's think, so easy to miss in this episode yeah it's kind of like it's kind of quick and everything i totally think that lady sure has something to do with vite and trying to um keep up with the conspiracy about what's going on in probably what's going on with in tulsa and also what's going on like with the continuing conspiracy of like the squids raining. Yeah, I think sky. Lady True's probably the one pulling the, with the finger on the trigger of the the squid falls. Probably that would make sense to me. I think that like it wasn't. It's not because nothing's ever just like conspicuous with Adrian about what he's doing. It's or, like nothing's ever like what it is with Adrian. You know what I mean? It's like he does something and it means something else because he's he's like four steps ahead on every plan that you have. So this this Lady True bit is definitely a well-calculated move like he didn't just like sell his company to her like he like it's, it's a front <laughs> like, he's playing uh oh he's playing dimensional chess he's fourteen chess he's beaten redford's son <laughs> all right so let's get into adrian Vite, who was officially named as adrian Vite in this episode. okay so that i think it totally disproves your theory that he's dr manhattan i said from the beginning i was probably wrong right but it was worth talking about it's interesting to think that but now it's just this like what the fuck is he even doing? Yeah. Because I think that he's, like, not in... I don't think he's in the current year. I... Yes. I saw a really good tweet that pointed this out that, I, that I, I'd like to share their theory. It's Twitter user at Brendan Beefish. He's a great a Song of Ice and Fire a luminary. He does a podcast that I really enjoy. But he pointed out that all of these are probably taking place a year apart. Each episode's each episode we get like a scene or a sequence with Adrian Veidt, and he always gets this cake because they're all a year apart and they're all falling on the same anniversary. Probably the anniversary of when he saved the world slash killed three million people is what is is most likely why the anniversary is. I think maybe, but that it would make sense because in the first episode he's talking about writing a play. In the second one, he's written it, and they've do, done multiple performances already. And then in the third, he's doing some other kind of weird experiment. Like, time is passing between these, and I think that that theory that there's a year between each of these is true, and we're getting closer and closer to Adrian intersecting with the current plot and finally meeting up with the characters in some way. No, I'm talking about, like, he's not in the current century. Because he's using a lot of, like, older technology for things. He's, like, building a lot of stuff himself. He doesn't... He seems to be very reclusive and doesn't have a lot of, like, modern tools. So I don't think that he's doing, like... Unless he just, like... They decided, like, let's do a creative direction where they just was like, okay, let's fuck off with all this stuff. Because I feel like in the comic, wasn't he all about, like, uh, like in making this leap forward towards, like, the future? Yeah, and I think that what's happening there can be explained by the fact that he's in prison. Like, he's imprisoned in some sense. Like, that's why there's the game warden and, and talking about his captivity there and the the terms of his stay. But he seems very friendly with him because he's like, I'm glad you enjoyed the tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's clearly, like, some stuff going on there that I don't yet comprehend. It's really interesting whatever the hell is going on because I can't solve it. But I think he's he's imprisoned possibly on Mars, possibly by Dr. Manhattan, 
who, if he wanted to terraform a planet, he could. Like, there's no reason to think that this is happening on Earth. And that's why I think the experiment he was doing, the reason Mr. Phillips came back frozen is because he tried to send him into outer space to shoot him back to Earth because he's testing a means to escape. Hmm, maybe. It's just, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of shit we don't know yet, and that's what makes it so interesting because we, like, have to keep watching to find out, and that's why this show's good. But, like, I don't know if I buy that. I, I think I, like... It's just he's in the path somewhere. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm too small. Maybe you're correct. I hope you're correct because that'd be way better than me just thinking that he's somehow in the past. But he's clearly not like in one way or another anywhere near the same setting as our other characters. No, whether he's on another planet, another century, a simulation. He is somewhere. He's somewhere completely on his own like he is doing he is off the reservation he i have no idea where he's going either it's very interesting it's very cool i like it a lot i think i've heard somewhere that they did all of the adrian scenes and stuff first yeah he talked about that in the podcast this week actually Uh, and then they did like um all the stuff like later so they tried to fill stuff in to like connect it all yeah damon lindelof said in the podcast it's because they wanted to film in wales okay um beautiful beautiful country and uh, it was going to turn, the weather was going to turn um, and they wouldn't be able to film there for months if un- unless they started like now. So they wrote all the Adrian stuff first so they could film where they wanted to. Uh, they kind of locked that in and then wrote And then they wrote the rest of the show afterwards? Because the they didn't have to film the rest of it in Wales. That's crazy. So did, I guess like, I guess that means that Adrian doesn't interact with anybody else in the cast maybe? I think he will at the end of the season. Like I think we're okay. going to get like the bulk of the way through the season. I guess the no- nobody's going to Wales but maybe he comes to Tulsa or something. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I think he's trying to escape from wherever he is. Mm-hmm. And like it, it, he does seem like he's in some sense like being jailed. Right. Whether Dr. Manhattan sent him on a time loop jail or or time loop. Just a, a terraformed Mars or something else, mm-hmm. who knows. We're, we're I'm prepared to be wrong on, like, all of this. Well, we're a third of the way through, and there's so many more questions to be answered, so... (laughs) It's a lot of fun. I feel like I haven't felt this way since, like... Game of Thrones felt this way a little bit in some of the early seasons, like... When you hadn't, like, read the books. When I hadn't read the books, yeah. and But but really, the last time I felt this way was, like, Lost, which was, like, really... Oh, just such a fun time. I love that fucking show, dude. I feel like the same thing, but... I feel like it's even more like Twin Peaks The Return because with Twin Peaks The Return there's that nostalgia that you get from knowing the pr- the previous material and kind of like seeing that previous material pop up in in this new context or like be reminded of of things that you love from the past and that's what this kind of invokes in a way I'm don't I think it's very different because one medium it's like from the book so it's like oh what could they reference and like make play homage to while completely being like different while with twin peaks it's like that was a show first so it's like you could just have the same actor show up and you're like oh my god it's him like like there was a little i know you you might not have seen the return but there's like there's like a very small character his name's mike he like is selling cars in the third season and like but it's like oh my god that was mike from like (laughs) like the first episodes or wherever and you're just like like he's still around just but he's like in just being a shithead like still yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah it's it's great i like it a lot i think that more when when material is adapted like this that's this is how it should be like laid out and constructed this is good what's happening on the show i like yeah (laughs) continue to 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 
to make it. This is the kind of show I like to see happen. It, there's another show that is not nearly on the same like consistent quality level as Watchmen, uh, but Castle Rock on Hulu is kind of this remix of Stephen King properties. And it's okay. like they're, they never just straight up adapt any of the books. It's like a character from this book's in a setting from another book with the plot of another book. Oh. And it's like, it's kind of interesting. It's not always great. I'm liking season two more than season one so far. It's an anthology show. Does, does Pennywise ever meet Jack Torrance? No, but in the first <laughs> season, like one of the characters is Jack Torrance's daughter. You know what I mean? And in the second season, the main character is Annie Wilkes from Misery, but, like, as, like, a a mother in her, like, 30s or 40s or something. I don't know how old. But it's, like... Sure. Yeah, it's, like, complete remix. It's Why like, not? It's, like, it's great. It's I think more properties need to let people kind of run loose with the ideas and, and worlds we're used to. Yeah. It's, it's a really great thing to see. Because, like, so much of it is so controlled by the big corporations. Like, all the Marvel movies we get, like... There are good ones, but they're all very tightly controlled by Disney. And a, like a formula of what they yeah. need to be in the movie. Just they're not very experimental for the most part. Right. And you kind of know what you're getting with each of them. Right. Actually, Martin Scorsese just wrote a New York Times opinion following up on his comments of calling Marvel not cinema. And right. it's a great piece. So here's what's going to happen. Um, I said this before, but because ABC is owned by Disney, Disney is going to rig the Academy Awards into... Uh, giving Avengers Endgame like 16 Oscars, um, sort of like how the Lord of the Rings got. It was like, oh, well, it's the culmination of like this epic story. How, I, we're going to give it all of the Oscars this year. And they're just going to do that to Avengers Endgame because like it had all your favorites in there. They're going to get they're going to give Robert Downey Jr. an Oscar for. No, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Going to yeah. give Scarlett Johansson an Oscar. No. Going to give who's the best supporting actor. They're going to get a ton of Paul tech Rudd. nominations, but like. No, there's no way they're breaking into any of the main oh, races baby. with Endgame. They definitely are. Like, what's actually going to happen and is going to bum me out is Joker getting nominated for stuff. That's nah. what's actually going to happen. Nah, that, that, that film sucks. Yeah, but it's I. they dominate shitty movies all the time. Yeah, that's true. Like, Avatar got a bunch of shit. Like, yeah. the Green Book won Best Picture last year. Oh, like, yeah, I forgot that it came out. I try to. <laughs> Yeah, like, Crash won Best Picture. Like, the, the Academy Awards are largely really bad. Like, I love them. I love the Oscars. They have the opportunity to introduce people to films they might not otherwise watch. There are always a few movies every year that are incredible that finally get attention because of the Oscars. But for the most part, like, they, they nominate some real trash, and Joker's going to be one of them. It's the only thing that I live-tweet ever, so... Oh, I love live-tweeting the Oscars. So it rules. Yeah. I'm also pretty good at predicting them. It's a okay. lot of fun. Okay, here. Anyway, let's talk about something better, and that's Watchmen. Uh, here's a, here's a fun here's a fun thing. What do you uh, got? There's, there's a quick line when uh, Joe Keen Jr. is being questioned by the press after he survives the attack, and someone asks him about Russia building an intrinsic field generator. That's what Osterman went into that made him Doctor Manhattan. Do you think Russia is trying to make their own Doctor Manhattan? And if they are, are we going to see that anytime soon? Took him long enough. First off, those yeah, took him a while. Morons. Of course they would be doing it now, of all places. Um, Maybe. It could be. I guess maybe they're... I don't really see what the point in doing it would be, but okay. It seems like... So, based on what Damon Lindelof said in the podcast that came out this week, it sounds like Dr. Manhattan's gonna be a character at some point. He didn't, like, straight up confirm it, but he did say, like, in one, in some way he will be a part of the story. You know what I mean? Like, Well, he is. Yeah, yeah, but, like, more so. We see so, it at the you end. You know what I mean? But, but even more so. Yeah. Um, 
And I, we can talk about the end soon because that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like Dr. Manhattan's going to exist. But Damon Lindelof said it's once you bring him in, it changes the rules of the game. Like, because he, he's so powerful. So it'd be interesting if he's finally brought into the story in a real way when there's another one to like counterbalance him and kind of keep him in check just from a storytelling standpoint of not having him just completely overrun every other character in terms of power. But I don't know, like the thing about Dr. Manhattan is that he's so disconnected from humanity and he's very like, he's very conscious of every sort of like action and is probably smarter than, than like Adrian at this point. Right. Even though like he didn't, realize what what was going on until it was too late like everybody else did but that's because he was again fucked he fucked off and went to mars because he got sad or (laughs) that his girlfriend left him but but still like i he does it it does make sense because like he does have that connection to the original like watchman and and them and like he does have that connection to to laurie that he might be a little bit biased because he was human at some point but I don't know. I've. I guess it's just because like he's a hard character to write when you're not as good a writer as Alan Moore. So like, <laughs> it, it, you might need to do that as a crutch to like bring him in and be like, okay, well, if he's supposed to be the one that like is blue, maybe we'll make a red Doctor Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a good chance there's we a, see a giant red dick by the end of this. There's show. a current comic um, where Superman is on Mars trying to like fight dr manhattan right now oh really you know, it's fucking bad I'm, is that uh is that doomsday clock is that i think that it's is? doomsday yeah clock, i haven't yeah. read it i um, have not heard great things fuck comics are stupid as shit <laughs> like seriously they he wrote this fucking comic and killed all the superheroes they should have just stopped making them after 1985 um so, so let's talk about that ending so i think there's a little bit of like debate about what exactly happened at the end so in metaphorical terms, like, the car dropping is the brick from the joke, I think. But, right. Some space junk. Which is a great, like, way to connect it to the end of the last episode. Do you think that the UFO dropped... Whatever picked... Whatever magnet picked uh, Will up at the end of last episode, do you think that's what just dropped it off? Or well, do you think it was Dr. Manhattan? Because we do see, like, yeah. Mars twinkling away in the sky when she looks up. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be Mars... Um, if it wasn't, then it could be like the uh, ship, like we saw earlier. Yeah, it but could be. it, I, it kind of looks like the same. It might be a different car, but it could be like one that's squished it's the up. Same car. Oh, it is the it's same the, car. It's for sure the same. Okay, car. well, I, I double checked. Like they look the same. It could not be, but I'm like ninety. I think. Sure I think same. like sh- I think we're supposed to make the connection that it is Doctor Manhattan, but it probably is just the the UFO crashing the car back down there. Yeah. I think that it just is. They. It's like, let's put this in here as good storytelling to like (laughs) to give you that like oh is it this is it that but ultimately it's supposed to be like whatever she interprets it to be because i don't think dr manhattan's actually on mars that's just my beef yeah (laughs) he he easily might not be and he also could easily teleport back and forth there if he wanted like he can be wherever he wants there could be multiple of him like he fucked laurie with multiple of him at once hell yeah like why can't there be multiple of him in multiple places on multiple planets you know do you know how much i could get done if i could just like be in multiple places at once and could like fuck multiple people (laughs) do you think he could get an std if he did that but then he's he could just redo his molecular structure yeah i don't think he can get sick like i don't can't get sick yeah hmm man dude we gotta figure out an intrinsic field so we could just dr manhattan ourselves i volunteer 
You volunteered? Yeah, let's, let's yeah, do it. Let's exist in shit. Fuck that. Let's Throw just, me in. Let's just, let's just do it. He doesn't age, right? Maybe. I don't think so. Like, theoretically, like, he might live forever. That's scary. I don't yeah. know if I want that. But at the same time, mm, it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I always go back and forth. It's like, if I could have immortality, like, would I take it? Like, usually I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. But then, like, if I think about it for too long, it's like... Maybe not. That might get boring and right. annoying. Right, because you, you could do, like, everything that you wanted to do within, like, a certain time span, and then then there's nothing left to do unless, like, new stuff comes around, but... It's like with uh, billionaires. It's like there's a limit to how much money any one person needs. Yeah. Like, there's a limit to how much time like, any one person needs. People be like, people be asking me all the time, like, what do you want to do with, like, if you had, like, a million dollars? And they'd be like, honestly, I would just, like, pretend like it's 2008 again and, like, just buy all, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards I couldn't afford because, like, I could, like, <laughs> afford them then and, like, just play, like, Yu-Gi-Oh back when it was, like, 2008. Like, you know? <laughs> All, like, the cool shit that I was couldn't afford. Like, that's the shit that I wanted. That's what, like, people do when they're adults is that they go back to the shit that they like when they were kids and, you know, buy it again. Which is basically what, like, this show is. It's yeah. A, it's a guy who just really like Watchmen and just doing it again. And that's kind of what the all the comic book movies are is these um, dumb boomers who grew up on shitty Wolverine comics and they're like, let's make it cool. Yeah, I hit the hard R with the boomer there. I don't care. <laughs> okay, boomer. Um <laughs> Did you see the uh <laughs> the the someone did okay boomer but then they did this the still from Battlestar Galactica with boomer in it? <laughs> oh my god. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Uh <laughs> This has gone off the rails. Anything but this episode. But like really not that much kind of happened. It was a lot of like backstory to Yeah, we had to, to Laurie introduce Lori. Like I think it's a great character to introduction. It's it's not a particularly plot heavy episode, but right. there was definitely a lot of like little stuff going on. It like, opens up more questions. It adds a new dynamic to the show. Um I really like Jean Smart as Lori. It's it's a it's good casting. It's good. It's, she's she's a good character. She's funny as hell. Um, she and Regina King seem to have a good chemistry, yeah. like of of back and forth. <laughs> I liked when they uh they got the guy out, and she's like, "Did they read you your rights?" And he's <laughs> just like, "Well, like I don't really give a shit." So, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, and I liked your scene with uh, Tim Blake Nelson, the Looking Glass scene in the pod too. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not a long scene, but there's a lot communicated there. Um, oh, he, she like checks her teeth. <laughs> yeah, like that's good as hell. And I love how she knows like everything, and it's just kind of taking him completely. Like he seems so oh, reluctant my to favorite. say her like that she is just that 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 Angela Abar is Sister Knight. Yeah, it's like so against like the protocol that he has ingrained in him. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's like such a cool quality for like when you're talking to somebody is when you already like know the answer to the question that like you're asking them. And so you're just trying to, like, catch them in traps or, like, just be like, oh, so, like, you really don't know what you're talking about, like, in, in that situation. And, um, I don't know, Laurie just did it in this episode, and that's cool. That's how I talk to people sometimes. So I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm like, I can relate to that because I, too, am fucking smart as shit. Any other notes there, bud? I don't think so. I, I think that's all. I, I That's most of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Oh, there is. There are a couple Easter eggs that are fun. Like what? I think that the uh, it's a hotel that we see at some point. So I think it's the one that Laurie and Petey are staying at. Mm-hmm. But it's called the Black Freighter Inn and Suites. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, and hate then obviously it. when the game warden scene happens, 
Adrian Veidt runs past a flag that looks like a skull and crossbones yeah. that we might see in the Black Freighter comic. Looks like a pirate. And th- yeah, there's also the same skull and crossbones. Yo, he shot that buffalo in the on eye. Yeah, wax seal on the letter. Yeah, he he <laughs> he got that shit. Also, it was weird because like she read the letter back and like he first like skipped over his name. Yeah, and that was kind of like. I get like I felt like if if you were gonna like do the reveal this episode, if you're gonna skip over the name, maybe that's that's kind of just a weird choice to me. Like, yeah, is to then do it later on in the same scene. It's like they're just saving the they're just saving it to end the scene on for yeah. a crescendo. But it's like yeah, it's a little it's a tiny bit sloppy to just like have that letter format and then have what I do skip that. Yeah. What I do appreciate a lot is that they are keeping like the old costumes. Yeah. Um. Because the Zack Snyder costumes, they look sexy. Like all of them look like very like like what a, a modern one would kind of look like. But they kind of lose a little bit of like charm. I like these older ones better because it's like, yeah, of course they would just wear their old costume because like they're lazy and they like they're not gonna like update their costume. It's like the whole point is to wear this new kind of like costume thing. Yeah, seeing him in the Ozymandias outfit was pretty cool. It's a nice, it's a yeah. nice costume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like purple, the regal color, very, very classy looking guy. I feel like he would trip over himself because he's kind of like a baggy costume. So I feel like he might like, trip <laughs> over right there. Speaking of things, uh, that Adrian Veidt likes to get Lori in a costume. <laughs> do you think? There, do you think that uh, this is also triggered by some of Damon Lindelof's comments on the podcast conversation? Do you think that his servants are genetic creations of his? Because he created like Bubastis or whatever it was called. His yeah. like mythical lynx. It's a lynx thing. with like cool horns. Yeah, like he made that. He genetically engineered that. I think it's up for grabs whether his servants are made by him or made by Doctor Manhattan. Like it could totally go either way. I I welcome both concepts into it yeah i like your idea that he's like in a prison for his actions or whatever but he seems i don't know he seems like he's in control that's yeah and i don't know if that's just like an adrian thing of like he's so smart he can kind of figure a way out of any situation so he's always kind of confident or if like he actually is in control he seems like he's in control but then at the same time he's doing stuff to try to like break free of things right he's clearly trying to escape like the you know the game warden said like your behavior is outside the rules of our of your confinement like if you act again i I won't miss you know so it's if you keep if he keeps doing this i don't know we're we're gonna find out more but like it's just it's it's so funny because he's like they're they're cordial with each other but like they're it's like they're not and it's he's supposed to be like in prison there it feels like that he's it just feels and the like the game that he's warden also not... signs the letter as his humble servant it's like your yeah. humble servant the game warden it's right. like who's who's servant like who's who's prisoner like who watches the watchman that's what i was going to say <laughs> <laughs> well we watch the watchman but yeah so that's fun i this I... is a very fun show i like to talk and think about it I'm, i wish I'm more shows it we're like this this is the show that westworld wishes it was westworld is not great there are incredible episodes and ideas but by and large it's like kind of shoddy and this in three episodes i don't know like, anything about westworld it's so it, it's like this giant it's it, it's it's a puzzle box mystery box show you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's very much in that vein but like they lean so hard into the mystery and like the solve this season aspect of it that like they occasionally forget to tell a good story yeah, while this is like it still keeps themes of like 
who like I've I've invested in like Angela and trying to like who she is in the in like as a person because she seems very complicated and like and deeply fucked up and I want to see like where that goes with her I want to see how Lugasa Jr.'s will like relates to it if he really is the Black Hood because it seems to be what there like is the implication at the very least from what I'm reading into it and I want to I like where they're going with the characters that I'm already familiar with um I think that this episode did an incredible job with Lori. Yeah, I'm um, all in on her. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't shy away from it. Um, I do like that they. Um, she's Lori Blake now. Interesting, still. And I want to. I wonder. I want to know if they're gonna cast a, a Night Owl and see if if he comes back. I still think that he's probably in for doing the crime of being a superhero but yeah i think that's probably correct because it does sound like at the end of the original comic they were going to take new identities but they weren't going to put away the masks they were going to keep doing vigilante mm-hmm. shit so it sounds like that finally because that's how they got that's how they get off that's how they get off yeah mm-hmm. and now she gets off on a giant blue dildo because she works for the fbi well she's still getting off because she's like doing stuff and killing people i guess but yeah. like um nice good for her but she's not in a mask anymore no you don't need a mask when you when you work for the fbi Fuck it, mask off. We also got a little mask more off. clarification Fuck about it, like off. the uh, the the terms of the masked police thing. It's the DOPA uh, <laughs> Defense of Police Act. It's so fucking stupid. So it sounds like Oklahoma passed it, or, or no, not even Oklahoma necessarily, but like the city of Tulsa. I don't know because Joe Keen was talking about how he's other the senator are from there. Yeah, it. yeah, he's the senator so, from Oklahoma. So it's very ironic because his if his dad or his ancestor, however is the keen act who's like the guy whose name attached to the bill that make yeah. vigilantes illegal it's very weird that like his he's he's very pro mask at this point but he it enlists like the help of Lloyd, who is anti-mask and i mean she works with the anti-mask task force um and he promised to get dan Dreyberg out of prison if he becomes well, that's president what we, that's what we imply at least that's what we imply i mean right. let's just say it though like that's, that's i what mean that's what, what it is because but he, but he she has a literal could, owl in the cage but he did say he could pardon anyone as president and yeah. he offered to get her owl out of the cage so i don't know what the fuck else what it could possibly could be referring to so it is it is they're definitely playing with with that legacy stuff what's it called i like that at, at the the briefing they're showing like excerpts of rorschach's journal and they're like who the fuck cares about Rorschach's journal it's like <laughs> is it the 80s like <laughs> literally like that's the whole fucking like issue is that like he inspired these conservative like assholes to do the shit that they're doing like you have to understand it yeah it's it's interesting uh it's really interesting how the world seems to have simultaneously responded and not responded to the release of the journal like the white supremacists are huge on it and like it's clearly been published because pd has a copy of it by his bedside table at the end Mm -hmm. and like was carrying it around with him but like people don't seem to know that the squids are a fake so what but 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 i guess like he might not have known because rorschach leaves it off before like he's he says i'm going to vites yeah like, he, thing. he drops off he's before he goes to antarctica them. Or because whatever. but they don't know that vite actually did the thing they just think that vite killed the comedian which he did but because that's like their whole mystery about who killed the comedian kind of that's thing that's true but th- it, he never actually gets because he like when he finds out he's going to tell the world and then john kills him yeah <laughs> yeah and i think it'd be hard it might be hard to put the pieces of the puzzle together without the information that he didn't know so Right, I mean, like he's he. They figured out at that point that he's like that. He believes that Vite killed the comedian, right? Yeah, and that's pretty but much it. That's all he. That's all he's going to to Antarctica to confront him with. He didn't know that point, and 
but you read it and it's like this guy's clearly like just racist and sexist and a definitely like neocon shithead who's like definitely a fascist reactionary and uh that's why he's your second favorite joker <laughs> all right well I, that's a good place to close as any i think i love the watchman yeah i'm i'm still liking it i gotta know i i just we gotta keep watching we gotta, we keep, gotta going. keep uh like I said, third of the way through. I don't think my mind has been like completely blown yet. Like the first episode is still oh, my favorite of the I don't three. think there's any like great like this show's so crazy. I just think it's like it's as a fan again of like keep re- re- saying this over and over, but it's just like I'm a fan of the source material. It's something that means a lot to me. I was very like nervous about this going in after being burned once by Zack Snyder, but I'm very happy about what how they're treating the material and what they're doing like with it later on so yeah i feel like we're in tr- i'm down i, I trust the hands we're in you know like right we're, yeah i'm down down to clown all right well that's it we'll see you next week yeah uh um, maybe if you're t- good tweet about us you have to be very good or you're gonna go on our naughty list and we won't make another episode tell mark zuckerberg to scam facebook's algorithm to uh promote our stuff yeah um i don't know suck it zucker i mean you rock zuckerberg we love you <laughs> do you see the uh rebranded as facebook but all caps facebook yeah no i didn't see that it's really stupid welcome to facebook <laughs> so zuckerberg might be an idiot i don't know i think i think he i think he's not smart <laughs> like... there's a supercut of him saying sweet baby rays oh really he's like live stream a barbecue and he's like he says that is a good barbecue sauce he he says sweet baby rays about like 1500 times in (laughs) in the span of like i don't know so can we get some more sweet baby rays well thanks for listening everybody uh sweet baby rays (laughs) where you at eli where you at on the find me at story politics on twitter yeah, check it out. I'm at Luke Hennigan. We're at, we're at Fail Sun Film Pod as a podcast. Subscribe. Apple. Leave reviews. Apple Music. If it's good, we'll read it on air. Are we if on it's title? bad, we'll ignore it. Are we on title or we're on Spotify? Right? I don't think we're on title. Does title still exist? Um, no, I told you right. I was the the I unsubscribed from title and I was the last subscriber, so they just don't have any subscribers to title anymore. <laughs> And it's really annoying because sometimes I'm like, I want to listen to a Jay-Z song right now and I just can't find it on Spotify. His wife's on fucking Spotify, but not him. Fucking piece of shit. All right. Um, also, special announcement. I'm very disappointed in all of you. Um, this Friday coming up is November 8th. That is uh, the day that Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding comes out. And I still do not have a PS4. Um, I don't know how I'm going to play this game or survive without it. So I'm so sorry we failed you. Yeah, if I'm not here by next week, I totally blame it on all of our 17 listeners um, for not donating to my PS4 fund. If you do need, if you do want me here still um, to exist in this audio sphere and audio space, um, I do have a Cash App, I do have a Venmo, PayPal. You can email me, send me a Twitter DM, and I'll get you the information again have to play death stranding before i can comment on any other media going forward for the rest of my life so um it's actually that's a terrible thing to say because that's a double-edged sword for me um either nobody donates so i shut up forever or 
Maybe the opposite. Maybe I could just keep talking. How about that? I just keep talking oh, until I get a PS4. Oh, we have to pay you to shut up. I you got to pay me so I can go play my video game in This private. podcast just got double length, mm, people. Double fucking length. Next <laughs> next week after I've played and beaten Death Stranding will be my Death Stranding pod. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Watchmen at all. It's just going to be go, going off on Death Stranding. Um, No, but seriously, all your... I'm. I actually am going through a deep dive and like going back to see who's visited Kojima Productions in like the last three years. Because it seems like anybody who showed up there is making a cameo in the game. Because <laughs> it's a game about like you go and you deliver like packages to people, but like you get the packages from like these hologram versions of people because they're all like underground or like scattered around the United States because like there's fucked up shit on the the surface of the world, I guess. And so they're like, hey, can you deliver this to, like, this guy over in, like, Wisconsin? Thanks. And, like, but it's, like, Edgar Wright. And he's, like, he's like, oi, that's a cool package. I got to get him this coffee. <laughs> that's how Edgar Wright talks. Or it's, like, one of them's, like, Conan O'Brien. And he's, like, hey, check it out. Here's a hat. Makes you swim good or something. He can swim like an otter. It's a fucking weird game. I love it. All right. Well, this time I think that's actually it. You guys gonna cut all that out? Can I mention something? By the way, I don't know. If you I'm not gonna keep, cut any. Of you this. can keep this in. If you look on our on our fucking Insta or Twitter for um for the podcast, you can just like totally tell who writes what tweets. <laughs> it's yeah, so, it's, it's really obvious. It's really fucking obvious, and I like it. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> keep keep writing in your voice. I'll keep writing in mine. Yeah, two completely different personalities <laughs> writing on that same account. It's awesome. It's like every other tweet is spelled it, correctly. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't proofread anything. All right. Bye, people. Goodbye. <laughs>